Welcome to Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esthers, women who are ready to rise up with courage and faith like Esther of old, who stepped up to lead when life was tough but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet, all who faced trials head on and triumphed. Now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. Wonderful to be with everybody again today. My guest today, she is known as the connection expert. She's a speaker, an author, a blogger, and a columnist, and she builds relationships one conversation at a time. She does that by using humor and storytelling and purposeful communication. She's the owner of the Cherish Relations Retreat, and she lives out her faith and passion while writing and speaking and guiding individuals how to have an extraordinary relationship. We're going to talk about her new book, Next Step, You've Accepted Jesus, Now What? It's a Teen Girl's Christian Journey. Would you please welcome to Arise Esther, Dee Dee Lake. Hey, Dee Dee. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so exciting. Yeah, we're we're excited to have you today and just have a conversation with you. I'm eager for our listener to get to know a little bit about you. You and I just got to share a little bit. So just tell us a little bit about you. I did see some some little known facts about you recently. Mm -hmm. I guess you like potatoes, but you can tell us more about that. (laughs) I um, joke around about if I the way I want to pass away is um, to be laughing with my friends, eating potatoes and choke on one. That would be like, you know, just heaven on earth. (laughs) I love potatoes, any kind of potato. Anyone who knows me knows that about me. So I'm with you. I was raised a military uh, Navy brat. We lived mostly in Spain when I was growing up. My dad was a Spanish interpreter. And uh, so it just gave me a real love for other cultures. And then I married an army guy and we've moved around Been married 38 years. And uh, I say I, I had more time in the military than either my dad or my husband right, um, right. because, you know, I had both. So it was good. Yes. We, um, so I love the fact that you just said that you grew up in Spain. And so it gave you a real life, a love for other cultures. I think that is so important. I know that's not what we're talking about today, but doesn't that just a couple of things. It just broadens your awareness of how big the world is for sure, but it also gives you a heart for people, doesn't it? For you see all kinds of humanity and those that know Christ and those that don't. Absolutely. And we lived in South Korea, Panama, um, and all over the country. And um, it's just been really exciting to, uh, for me anyway, I'm such a people person, like, you know, the type A extrovert off the chart, you know, extrovert. So for me, that's like exciting. I love moving, just be able to meet new people, you know, and meet my new friends. And, um, but what I love is that I can see people right where they are. You know, I don't expect more from them. I want more for them, but I don't expect it. Does that make sense? It's like, it's, um, when I see people like in, in Korea where, you know, they're in Panama where there's, you know, poverty, um, I didn't expect them to be ro- rolling up in a really nice car or something, or to be able to have, you know, all the material things. And I also don't expect that from people who weren't raised in a good home, you know, so I, I have expectations of them for 
good things for them, but I don't expect them to already know it. And I think being raised in all those different cultures was really the basis for that, that God created that in me. That's wonderful. I agree with that. And it just gives you a heart. Like you said, I, I like how you made that distinction. I want more for people, but I don't expect more from them or put unnecessary expectations on people. That's so it. talk to me about your book. Next step. You've accepted so, Christ. Now what, what made you write this? I'm so excited about my book. Um, you know, God is God. He does, you know, really interesting things <laughs> to us. Uh, mostly I was speaking to uh, young moms or married ladies. That was kind of my focus of where I spoke and taught. And, you know, that's where I was growing up as a, as a speaker. And so one day I'm sitting here just crying out to the Lord. I was like, Lord, uh, we need to reach these girls way before they begin to believe the lies that Satan tells them. Um, that they're not enough. They're not good enough. They're not holy enough. What, whatever the lie is that, that Satan is feeding to them, you know, Lord, you need to send somebody to, you know, tell them about that. And God says, yeah, uh, I have somebody. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, uh, no, see Lord, that's not my train. That's not where I'm going. And, uh, God just really let it happen. I sat here, I put out, a a little blurb on Facebook asking my friends and other Christian ladies that I know from the ages of 20 to 70, um, they responded and gave me advice they would have liked to have known when they were younger. And that's kind of where the basis of the book started was just that, you know, expanding from that. That's so incredible because just before I met with you today for this recording, my daughter who has daughters, three daughters from the age of 18 to 22. Well, she has four daughters, but the little one's seven, but she said, mom, do you know of any material for girls this age? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, I do. I'm about to do an interview with Dee Dee Lake. And so you, God just grabbed a hold of your heart and gave you a passion to help these girls know what does it mean to be a Christian? What's the journey like? And I don't know if you can share with us, but how is, how important is it for these girls to know God's design for their life or that there is one or identity? How does, what difference does that make for them? I, I think it's a, it begins with um, learning who you are. You know, you've got to know that identity. And if you don't know that the world will tell you who you are instead of God being able, being able to create in you that beautiful creature that he wants, all this junk gets attached to him. Mm -hmm. So it's so very important to know in the book. I think I say something about um, if somebody called you the wrong name, you know, if I called you Mary, you wouldn't turn around and look at me, but if I call you your name, you do. So that's what they need to be able to hear in the noise of this world and their culture, their generation, and all the things, their expectations of them to be able to really hear who they really are, who their true being is, who God has created them to be. And when you do that, like you're not going to call, come to a name that's not yours, you know? And so these girls won't believe those lies and get so far off from where God has for them. I mean, God is a beautiful design for us. He wants to love us and have good things for us. I mean, not, I'm not a name it and claim it kind of, uh, you know, believer, but I am that I believe that God wants good for you. I mean, I really do believe that. And and the world doesn't want that for you, for our daughters and granddaughters and friends. Right. I, I agree with you that God has an amazing plan and he does want us to believe it and, and claim it because you're right. If we don't, the world has a counterfeit that they're ready to offer. Okay. And if that noise gets in the hearts and minds of girls first, 
and it erodes their self-confidence. You know, I know as a young girl going down a path, just wanting to be loved and just kind of floating and going with peer pressure. Is this somehow a safeguard for girls when they get to know their identity? Yeah, I really believe it is. I believe it's for any age. I mean, you see these young moms even that, you know, they, they believe the Pinterest, you know, or the, um, any of those kind of social media where, you know, the, I don't want to call it a lie, but a, a capture of a moment and they want to base their whole life on that. And it's like, if they don't know who really they're supposed to be and who God has created them to be with their children and in their environment, then yeah, it really does make a difference for me. I grew up um, a non-believer or I, I don't even know it's called non-believer because I just didn't, wasn't aware that there was a God. I, it just wasn't even part of our uh, life at all. And when I was 17, 18 years old, um, I wanted to play softball. We came back from Spain where I had grown up. And um, the only place that in that area in Alabama was I had to play at a church. That was where the girl women's league was. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to a church, you know, and, and through that, God really just revealed himself to me. And I was saved, you know, through that ministry. But even still, I wasn't taught after that. I wasn't discipled. And so everybody kind of expects, I think, that you know what to do next. But we don't. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's like parenting. We've got to learn how to be a parent. We have to learn how to be married. It's not something we just kind of born with and there it is. Um, right. So that's why the, this book is so good for, the, for girls because it does give them ideas of what to do. Yeah. So share more about that. What are some of the chapters or the content of the book what are some of those tips or things that they need to learn how to do so there's four we basically i broke it up into four weeks um, they could do it longer or shorter and the four weeks are knowing your identity um, share, be a christ follower to live for god which is different than just being a christ follower you know, those are those decisions you make every day to live and choose God. And then the last one is choices. You know, so there's kind of all intermingled with each other, but they are separate too. And in the book, you'll see where there is, um, I give them a, a devotion. And then it says, um, I, I give them a prayer um, that I've prayed for them, not for them to pray, but I want them to know this big sister has been praying for them. Oh, that's fabulous. I love yeah, it. I, and it really is about reaching back and saying, you know what? I know, I know I didn't know what to do. So I, you know, I give them ideas every day of, or every week of, you know, go find, you know, Christian music to listen to. And I tell them it's available in different genres. You know, some people don't know that they think it's church music and that's it. You know, it's like, it's different. Um, and I tell them how to do it. Um, I tell them how to join a youth group, you know, to check that out and to be a part of that and then there's journaling parts in it also so they can journal and and kind of think through those things because you know i don't know about you but as women i believe that we don't know what we think until we've said it a couple of times and then maybe write it written it down so um, i wanted that for my young sisters to be able to you know process what god has for them through through writing because i think that's a really good tool for them well, that's like, as you're talking, I'm thinking you're mentoring these girls through this book. Exactly. That's, that is it in, in, in a nutshell. Exactly. Um, what I wanted to do also was give the girl a tool that she could use on her own. Like if, like me, I was alone. I didn't have anybody to disciple me. Um, I didn't even know that, that I should be discipled. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know what was next. It even asked what's next. 
And so I wanted to do that for a girl that she could do this on her own, but I also wanted to be able to use it like youth leaders could use it or youth group or a one-on-one -on -one mentor, like a mom to her daughter, or, you know, maybe two girls that one girl goes to church and the other one doesn't and really doesn't have an idea. I think about my son who was raised, you know, from infancy, always 27 now, and he knows the Lord. He knows how to go to church. He knows what church people do. I mean, all those things. But he started dating a girl that was not a Christian, had not been raised in the church, and he had expectations of her to be a Christian. And it's like, that's not fair. I mean, she had no idea what to be. But I got to tell you, the good news is she has accepted the Lord. She's getting ready to be baptized and they're getting ready to be married. So I'm so oh, excited. That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, that's an incredible point to be making that we have a frame of reference for those who have grown up in the church. Right. But like yourself, when you accepted Christ or this girlfriend, future daughter-in-law, if you don't know, you don't even know what you don't know. Right. Exactly. And so, and I don't think that God's word teaches, obviously, that we should be left to ourselves. We are to be mentoring and discipling people and helping them to know how to grow in the Lord, even Christian practices that we take for granted. I should read the word. I should pray forgiveness. What does that mean? What does it mean to, well, also, I know like when I first became a believer and they said they were going to go to Sunday school and I'm like, oh, I haven't studied. I don't know what to study. Are they going to be a test? You know what I mean? Like, because you know, I'm being a type A, I wanted to make sure that I was ready. And they're like, it's not quite like that. You know, um, just those different things. Like um, I didn't know this is, you know, kind of really goes deep, but I didn't know that premarital sex was wrong because God didn't want it for you. I just knew that I grew up with a Southern daddy and he was not having it. You know, it's like that it was fear involved instead. Right. But for, um, you know, why, why isn't it? Okay. I mean, so those are the things that we need to be teaching, you know, to our young women and boys, you know, too, but you know, my focus was the girls on this. Um, I wish I could write one for the boys, but I don't have that that calling or anointing. Yeah. Huh? Well, and I don't have that knowledge really, even though I raised a um, son, but it's just different with a boy right. than it is a girl. So, right. But I like what you're talking about with the purity aspect and the, the heart of the father towards us as women and young girls that having sex outside of marriage, isn't that God doesn't want us to have fun or because sin is pleasurable for a season, but God understands what we don't know are all the harmful effects. Well, how, how does a young woman know that? And especially in today's culture, how do you know that if someone isn't teaching you or mentoring you and showing you in the word of God, what the Lord has to say about those things? Were you mentored eventually? Did you find eventually? Me? And I love my mentors. They're still my mentors 30 years later. Um, really? Yes. So I got saved, got married, and um, we were married like seven years before we were able to adopt a little girl in Panama. And, um, you know, it's that army thing. You got to move around. Um, but so we adopted this little girl. We started going to this church and the church in Panama, before we went, let me just back up a little bit. We were at in Korea before we moved to Panama. And while we were there, we started going to the chapel. So that was kind of our first sort of, you know, like as a couple going to church. And um, I just started praying. I was like, Lord, please just give us one mentor while we're there, you know, in Panama. So God being God does things much bigger than what we expect, which is nice. Um, we get to Panama. We happen to go to the church, happen, you know, 
gods happen. Um, we go to the church that is where most of the Panama Canal English-speaking teachers go to church. So that is a church full of mentors. We were mentored so well, like life-changing. It was so life-changing that my mom went to, a, in Alabama, went to a pastor and says, I think my daughter's in a cult. And he says, what do you mean? And so she starts explaining how they just want to talk about God all the time. And he's like, I wish my whole congregation was in that kind of cult. Right. I mean, it was so life-changing. And what they did for us was they didn't preach at us. You know, they didn't you know get the word out all the time and underline things, you know, all that. But just because who they were, they, they walked in their faith. They walked in the wisdom of the Lord. And that was attractive to us, you know. And so getting that new baby, now I had these mamas, you know, these grandmamas wannabes uh, to come over because they didn't have grandchildren over there and just talk to us. And we did life with them for three years. And so I think about the disciples getting to do uh, three years with Jesus. It's, it's life changing to have somebody be a mentor for you. That's powerful. And I have a sneaking suspicion. I don't know this for sure, but you have a lot of stories in your book and I'm wondering, are these stories fictional or are they maybe real life stories? What you learned with some of these women? A third of them are real stories, um, but most of them are made up um, just because I want to make a point. Um, okay. And so I use my fiction skills. I don't know, the, the, the fiction skills. But my favorite story in the, in, in the book is um, a story that is true. It's about me ironing my dad's pants and burning a hole in him, just like the movie. You know, like you'll see a hole in the, with the iron. That's exactly what it looked like. It was oh, hilarious. No. Now it's hilarious. Not so much at the time. What happened? It's a great, great story. Um, he decided I was not going to be a tomboy, which I was a tomboy. That was just what it was. I was going to be a tomboy, but he, he kept trying. Like one time he sent me for the summer to do a, a sewing lessons that didn't work, you know? So this time he was like, okay, she's going to learn how to iron. So like, okay. So my mind is faster is better and quicker and done, you know? And so he set the iron on the right temperature, goes upstairs. And, um, I'm like looking at that thing. I was like, well, it has a little hotter. You could just put it up there. So I moved the dial up to the hottest part. It could wait a minute. I spit on it. Like I'd seen my grandma do to see if it was hot enough. It sizzled, you know? So I'm like, Oh, must be time. He walked down at the steps just at the time that I, Oh, before he walked down, I then turned it back to where he said, you know, where it needed to be before I touched the pants, I did the right thing. Right. And, uh, so I, put that iron down just as he's walking down and he's like, <gasps> I mean, he sees this hole and I'm, you know, upset. So he goes to the place where he went to, he bought them from. And they're like, sir, we've tried this many times. We don't know what is going on with this. And, um, he says, um, let me talk to my daughter again. So he says, Didi, tell me one more time. What happened with the iron? I'm like, well, I turned it up. And he's like, what? <laughs> Wait, a point we missed earlier. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dad, you know, hotter's faster, you know? So Anyway, it's just a cute story that I thought was fun to, to write. And it has a good memory for me of my dad having to learn that we don't always know what somebody thinks that they do. I mean, he assumed I knew how to use an iron. You know, I didn't know how to use the iron. Right. And going back to your point that, you know, we don't let's not assume that a young believer, of course, we know this, but a young believer doesn't, again, know what they don't even know. Right. So it makes sense. But you also learned and you have a good story now. And I know in my walk with Christ, as a young believer, I look back at some of the things that I did and said, and I'm thinking, oh, goodness, I'm I had mentors too around me older women in the faith, some yeah. of them were older in the faith, and some of them 
them were, but biologically were even younger than me, but I still have a bond with those ladies that poured into my life right. and really Titus two, four in the Bible. I believe it's that, that the older women teaching yes. the younger women, how to love their husbands, how to love God, follow God. So, yes. you know, thank you for taking time to write this yes. and for, you know, having a heart for these young girls. So what's next after they, after they read this book, or I guess what's even next for you? Well, for them, um, the next step is, you know, just finding another Bible study or, you know, being sure they're connected into the church. And I, you know, I talk about that throughout there and I've given them some tools that Christians do, you know, they write, they, um, they, they journal, rather they read their Bible, they connect with other believers, the fellowship of the believers. And so I, you know, say, these are some of the things that will help you, you know, to grow and hopefully they will. I also have in here um, four videos that they can click on a link oh. or you know, do the link. And I go back and introduce that week, you know, so it's kind of fun for them, you know, nice. have a small uh, Facebook group private for the book too. So they can go in and ask any questions they want. Some available to them anytime after. Um, so that's from that for them. And I'm just hoping that they just get on fire for the Lord. That's my, you know, my desire for anybody is to know God and to be like, yes, this is what I want in my life. And not to put God in a little box, but have God out front and, and he is all you are. You know what I mean? Like, does that, I, I don't mean it like you can't have your own personality, but I mean, everything that you have and do is because God has allowed that and, and he's blessing you in that way. That sounds like what you were talking about a while ago. And when your parents thought you were in the cult, but you were yeah. people that were being the light of the world. Absolutely. And they, they were. were radiating. They, they weren't clobbering you over the head with the Bible. So that's what you're hoping is the takeaway as readers read your book that, that they'll just be so immersed in the love of God, that they're just going to be the light of the world and grow. That's what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. That's it. Exactly. I want that for their generation. You know, we're all only in a generation, you know, we can't be in all the generations. And so for, for this next generation of these women that are going to be those elder uh, women at some point they're hopefully they will be the tightest two women. And I want that for them and they can mentor their sixth grade, you know, sister or whatever. I mean, it, and I talk about that too, is that mentoring doesn't begin when you're a certain age, it begins right away. You know, a three-year-old can get a bottle and help a baby, you know, drink out of the bottle if they want to. Um, and so we can do, mentoring happens all around us. And I think people are a little afraid of that word is mentoring because like, oh, it's gotta be formal. It's gotta, it's like, no, it's just doing life together, yeah. you know, and explaining why you're doing life together. I was listening to one of your uh, podcasts with a lady that was talking about marriage and how she would suggest things to her husband. I think you're talking about Joyce Zook. Um, yes. Maybe she's a military wife and she yes. lives in Texas and she's yes. talking about, um, yeah, that she was, she was telling her husband, you should do this and you should do that. And you should do this. And it was like, you know, God said, okay, zip it. And just, yes. and as mentoring, we don't want to do that. We want to be able to just really, um, walk with them, do life with them. I'm thinking as you're talking, this sounds like it could really be a really cool small group book too, with oh, a awesome. group of girls. And that would be my hope because that's going to be what's going to make those connections. Oh, I was going to say is that, you know, those ladies that you still, that were mentoring you, you back then, yeah. you had that relationship with, and I want them to be able to have those kind of strong relationships. A girl that has a friend that says, I love you enough to tell you 
you're off track. You know what I mean? And, and for them to be able to receive it, not just, you know, feel like, oh, I'm being attacked, but it's, it's out of love that they would help one another walk through this life that they have to, I, I think right now is the hardest time to be a child, the hardest time to be a parent. I mean, that is, I'm so glad my kids are already grown and I don't have to worry about that, but wow, it is a tough time to, to, to be a believer, to stand up and be strong, but we still have God. He still wins at the end. So, um, we can walk yes. in victory the whole time. We have our heads up and that's what we need to teach our daughters. Yes. Amen. That's so well said. The book is called Next Step. Next Step. Mm-hmm. You've accepted Jesus. Now what? A teen girl's Christian journey. Didi, thank you for being with us today and sharing that. And um, closing thoughts for someone who might be listening. I have a couple of thoughts. There might be a mom here who doesn't feel like she did a very good job of mentoring her own daughter or daughters and sees them now really taking a bite of that lie that the world is offering. What would you say to that mom? Um, It's never too late. Um, Your children are always watching you. My kids are watching me how to be a grandparent right now. You know, they're watching me how to be an, you know, an empty nester. Did I do that? Well, you know, how do I treat my husband who's now fully retired, you know, and he's home all the time now. Uh, Those are things that we continue to teach our children. So God doesn't say, you know, by the time they're six, you need to teach them or, you know, it's done. We learn all the time. And in our own humility, when we say to our kids, to be vulnerable with them and say, you know what, I didn't do everything I wanted to do, or I didn't know to do these things. Can we do them now? You know I mean? And this is what I want for you and prayer huge. God does amazing things through prayer. And we don't give it enough credit. A lot of times to the power of prayer. Um, when you're talking to God, I mean, he's God, he could do anything. So he can definitely help you mend that relationship or speak into that relationship. And I do know there are daughters that don't want to hear it from their mom. And I get that. So my advice to you is pray for people to come to be in their lives, to be those mentors that they will connect with and not be jealous of it, but be um, grateful that those women are there because it is easy to get jealous as moms. We want to be the all to our daughters, um, but we're not. I mean, we have a village that we live in, you know, and so let that village come around your daughter and love on her. So just pray for that. I think would be a good, you know, takeaway for the mom. That's great. I agree. And for a woman who may say, I'd like to mentor a young girl, how do we connect with these young girls? How would we find a place to pour into them? If you don't have a youth group, youth group is the best place. Um, you can talk to your youth pastor. Uh, he's an amazing, he or she is an amazing resource for you. He knows those kids that are marginal kids that maybe are on the fringe that really could go right or wrong at this point and need somebody to speak into their life. So you invite her for coffee. You know, I mean, teenagers like coffee. I mean, it doesn't have to have coffee. They can have a smoothie, whatever it is, you know, they, you know, want, but they like Starbucks um, or something like that. No, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that? Uh, promotion of Starbucks, but you know, right, if you right. like it, yeah. Uh, but anyway, they want you to talk to them like an adult, but treat them like a kid. And it's so important that you do that because when you talk down to them, they're, you've just turned them off. You know, they're dealing with real world problems that you as an older woman never had to deal with. I mean, the peer pressure, the bullying, the cyber stalking, all those different things that happen. 
um, just having to be aware of the danger all the time. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to do that. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I lived a pretty free, you know, existence where I grew up. And um, they're not having that. And so we want to be able to make sure that we're available, asking them over for coffee, asking them to go do something with you. You'd be amazed how many girls will say, yes, I would have loved that if somebody had said that to me. I wanted mentors in my life. And there are girls that want it. They may not look like they do, and, but they do. And look past the attitude, look past the, the clothes, the makeup, whatever it is that might turn you off and love them through the eyes of Christ. When you see them the way that God does, man, it's, it, it breaks your heart for them and you want to reach out. So that would say a youth group. And if not, if you've got a kid in your neighborhood, you can also contact your schools and say, look, I'm a, a Christian woman, loves to mentor you know, teenagers. Can I connect? Can I plug in somewhere? A lot of times schools will have a small program like that, a mentoring program. So something you could do. There's the challenge. I think it's an amazing thing. I believe it's something that God is calling us as this generation to empower the next generation So I love it. Thank you for sharing those thoughts today. Hey, woman of God, if you're listening to this and the Lord is pricking your heart, you need to respond to that. There may be a young girl, even in your family, a niece, a daughter, a sister, a cousin. And like you said, a student at church, wherever, just keep your eyes open. God wants to use you. Didi, thank you for being with us today. Where can people get a hold of you if they want to drop you a line? Um, so my website is ddlake.com and it's spelled D-E-E-D-E-E, Lake, L-A-K-E.com. Or my email is D2, which D squared is my nickname, D squared at ddlake.com. So yeah, that's how you can hold me. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm snickering because my name is Don Damon and sometimes I'm called DD, so or D2, <laughs> so that's cute. My pastor decided to start calling himself D1. I'm like, that's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> wonderful to have you on the program today we look forward the book is called next step you've You've accepted accepted jesus Jesus. now what available on amazon it is and on my website too so either one you can get it on your also at my publisher which is crossrivermedia.com on any of those all right well great to have you and i've got a question for all of you who are listening today my modern day esters is this your moment to arise. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. And hey, if you've not done so yet, why don't you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss another episode. Or you can visit us at ariseester.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the movement. Visit us today to get connected. For more information about me, Don Damon, visit dondamon.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for a free breakthrough strategy session. Until we meet again, keep rising. This is your moment.